0: I want to preach to you a message specifically, um, uh, not on motherhood per se, um, but honestly, just kind of honoring mothers. You know, when we think about uh, sermons, I think we often think of maybe uh, certain kinds of sermons. I think we think of sermons, we think of sermons that are informational. And so you go to church and you go uh, learn something, uh, maybe learn theology or something like that. Uh, Other sermons are more uh, practical or applicable, and it's just kind of talking about kind of, um, hey, here's three things you need to do this week, and those are really good kinds of sermons. Uh, But not every sermon has to teach us something new or tell us four things to do in the coming week. But some sermons can literally just be gratitude and honoring the good things that God has done. Sometimes God wants us to go to church simply to be reminded of the blessings that we have in our lives and take time to enjoy them. And that's what motherhood should be. And so if you're a mom, we wanna honor you today. And if you have a mom, or if you're not a mom, we want to take time for those of us that are not to reflect on how blessed we are to have this thing called motherhood in all the ways that it supports us. So we want to take time to be reminded of these blessings and to cherish them. And maybe you're really good at slowing down to take time to enjoy your blessings, or maybe you're like me and you're not. And so this is a good opportunity to do that. So I want to preach a message today entitled "Mothers Are Miracles." And what's interesting about uh, miracles is I think when we think of miracles, we we tend to think of uh, one kind of of miracle. When I say the word miracle, we we tend to think of like something was bad and then God turned it around and it became good miraculously. And so maybe there were eyes that were blind, but now they see. Or maybe it was a hard situation, but now God has turned it around in the end for something that was actually really good. We say, well, that's a, a miracle. But the question I want to start with today is, does something have to have first been bad or unpleasant to be considered a miracle? What about the things that have just always been good? Yes, it's a miracle when a blind eye sees, but isn't it a miracle with any eye that ever sees? Aren't all seeing eyes miracles? Maybe it's a good thing or a miracle for a hard situation to become a good situation, but what about the situations that have just always been good? And what I would tell you today is that even if you are someone who maybe you, you say you, you're not a follower of God or, or you're a secular person, um, man, I would say that there, in that worldview, there's not really any explanation for anything good or even any reason or meaning why anything would be good. So all good is a miracle, even from that world view and i think of all these miracles that we often take for granted and often realize are actually miracles even though we often don't see them that way i think one of the biggest ones literally is motherhood constant love constant support constant blessing all the time from the time you're born like you you are served by your mother before you even have comprehension to know that somebody is serving you how incredible is that That like even all the ways that you know, the ways that your mom has helped you or been there for you, like there's more than that. There are things that you can't even remember. There are prayers that you don't even know that they ever prayed for you. There's ways they've served you. There's ways they've helped you even beyond your comprehension. Motherhood is a miracle. Mothers are miracles. But before we dive into our passage today in Proverbs 31, I I do want to give a quick disclaimer. Um, this is not for just the perfect moms. Because if, if you're like me, like I, like in my fatherhood, being a dad, I try to be a really good dad to my kids, but there's a little dirty secret. I'm not always a really good dad to my kids. And maybe you're a perfect parent, and maybe you never make mistakes, and maybe you feel like you are crushing this parent thing. Um, but I don't feel that way, and you probably don't feel that way. And so I want to say this today because I'm going to honor some great things about moms. And if you're a mom today and maybe some of these things like, man, I I maybe struggle to do that or to be like that. I just want you to feel honored just in general, right? I don't want this to be um, a burden to you or or ways that you're falling short. Um, I really think mothers are often uh, doing way more than even they realize for the people around them. So we just want you to be honored today. So I'm gonna read Proverbs 31, verses 25 through 31 for us here in a moment. But before I do that, I wanna explain a little bit about this passage. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it's in the book called uh, Proverbs. And uh, this proverb is actually Proverbs 31. It's kind of a well-known proverb. Uh, the proverbs were uh, written and collected by King Solomon in the Old Testament, who was considered to be the wisest uh, man who ever lived biblically. And the author of this particular proverb is uh, King Lemuel. And the truth is we don't know much about, uh, about this king, but what we do know about him is number one, Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived, respected him. So that should say a lot about this person. And number two, uh, King Lemuel thought that uh, mothers were miracles. We, we know that about him. And he thought very highly of mothers and women in general and really uh, honored them. He, he was in awe. You're gonna, we're going to read this passage. And he's like in awe of, of mothers, And we want to share that sentiment today. So we're going to read Proverbs 31, verses 25 through 31. And if you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen behind me. But this time, can we stand together in the honor of reading God's word as I read this for us? Proverbs 31, starting verse 25, says, Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Amen. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have all done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. May God bless the reading of this word. You can be seated. So just briefly today, what I wanna do in the message is I wanna give you five ways that mothers are miracles. The first is that mothers are always available. In Proverbs 31, verse 15, a little bit earlier in Proverbs 31, it says, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. And then a little later in verse 18, it says, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. And so what you will notice about those two verses is in one of them, it says that she gets up very early. And in the other one, it says she stays up very late. It's a beautiful image of motherhood. It's like, when does she sleep exactly? When does the Proverbs 31 woman sleep? And I don't know if this analogy is still applicable or not. Maybe it's outdated at this point. Um, But, uh, and and please don't be offended if you have uh, the, if you have a, a Sprint network phone, but um, if maybe you'll get this, friends are like the Sprint network and moms are like AT&T. And so if you don't know what that means, there's kind of a joke that at least when I was coming up that like Sprint was like a cheaper network, but like the service was kind of shoddy, but AT&T was like more national or whatever, so it was better. Um, and so I've always thought it's kind of a cool way to think about like moms is because like moms are literally like always available. Other people do what they can to help you. Mothers do whatever it takes to help you. There's a huge difference in those two things. And even when a mom rests, it's not really even for her. Our our moms know this. Our moms are resting so that they can have enough energy to wake back up and do all the stuff for us again that they need to be doing for us, whether it's caring for us or if they work a job, whatever it is, they are resting up to serve more. I think mothers also give us an earthly image of our heavenly father. Um, The same way that moms are always available, God is always available. And I think we take that miracle for granted. Like we can pray to God anytime. And maybe that's the reason why we don't pray as much as we should is because God is almost too available to us. Can you imagine? God could totally just say, you can call me, you can pray to me from 2 to 4 p.m. every day. And what are you going to say about it? You, you don't have no right to say anything different. You're not God. Like, thank you, God, for the two-hour window. I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. He could totally say that. He could give you a window. He could say, business hours only. <laughs> Call back later, you know? Like, get the, it's like the doo, 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 doo. It's like God, God gives you, like, the, the email, like, the vacation email. I'm, I'm out. I'll be back in Tuesday. Uh, I'll respond to your prayer request then. God could totally do that, but he doesn't. Anybody remember uh, back in the day, uh, night and weekend minutes? Anybody remember that? With cell phones? Back in the day before smartphones, like cell phones could only do three things, right? You could only call, text, and play snake. That's all that phones could do back in the day. That's all that could be done, right? You could could control like your your air conditioning from your phone today, right? Somehow. Uh, But back then, that's all you could do. And back then, you had night and weekend minutes. For all you young kids that don't remember this, like you got like 100 minutes like a month, like during the day, but you had like 8,000 night and weekend minutes. And so somebody would call you and you knew it was gonna be a long call. To say, hey man, I gotta call you back at 9 p.m. because like I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm out of my minutes or whatever. Or like back in the day, remember you got like a hundred text messages, a hundred. And any more than that, it was like five cents a text message. Like it was crazy. But it was one of those things where it was like, there was a, there was a better time to talk to somebody than another time. But what I love about mothers is there's nothing like that. Mothers are not less responsive to you, whether it's 3 a.m., whether it's 3 p.m. They're not less responsive based upon what's happening in their life. Things can be going well for them and they're down to help you or things can be going bad for them and they're still willing to help you. But mothers are miracles because unlike anybody else, they're always available. And King Lemuel writing this proverb sees that. Number two, mothers are always prepared. Can I get an amen? Always prepared. Always prepared. I love this one, Proverbs 31, verse 21. She is not afraid of snow. I'm afraid of snow, okay? I hate snow. I hate the cold, right? But this woman is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed in scarlet. And what I love about this, what's so amazing is how timeless this is. This proverb was historically written in 1000 B.C., Around there, so about three thousand years ago, some other dude in some other you know country is talking about how uh, this awesome mom is always prepared, and it's amazing how it continues to this day. Moms have the magic mom bag, and somehow they can fit a billion things in there. They got snacks, they got wipes, they got medicine, you know, they they got uh, their own makeup in there. They got the extra pair of undies, like whatever you need, like it is in the magic mom bag. Like they can fit so much into that bag. As the kids get older, it turns into probably like first aid stuff or a pantry or even having toys in their bag. There's so many things, but moms are always prepared. And one of the ways that's really cool about that is moms are always prepared because they actually know more about our own life than even we do. That's what's crazy, isn't it? Like it's like your mom knows more about you uh, than you do. Your mom knows more of your medical record than you know of your medical record. They know more about you. You don't know if you've gotten the vaccine, but they know if you've gotten the vaccine or not, or you're up to date. Um, and I've even noticed as I've become an adult, I recently was at the doctor for something and they were like, yeah, when was the last time you got like a tetanus shot? And I was like, I have no idea, like 13? I, I don't know, like, like I couldn't even tell you where my records are for anything, right? Um, and so, because for so much of your life, your mom does that for you. Number three, mothers do a million different things. This might be my personal favorite right here. Number three, In Proverbs 31 verse 27, it says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So what this king is saying in this moment about the mother figure is that she's just never idle. And isn't that the case? Like we we think we're doing mom a favor when we give her like one spa day every now and then. Whether they go to work or they're home with the kids all day, whether it's morning, whether it's night, they're always doing something for somebody else. What is really interesting in Proverbs 31 is, I counted it up, um, the author here notes 23 different things just in this one passage that moms do. And I'm not going to read them all, but I'll read a few of them here. It says, she is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar, So she's doing business, she's providing food. Verse 19, it says she puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. Uh, I don't even know what that is, but it's probably something about making clothes. Uh, She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Mom is also the most compassionate. And for all the moms and all those that watch moms, we know that mom is a teacher, she's a comforter, she's a disciplinarian, she's a nutritionist, she's a referee, she's a nurse, she's an Uber driver, she's a maid, she's a spiritual guide, she's a protector interior designer, handyman, weatherman, schedule planner, schedule executioner, personal assistant for every single one of her kids, and for her husband if she's married, a financial planner, and often a fellow financial provider in the home, plus so many more things. All those things in one. So much of the workforce today is so specialized. You pick one thing and, and you do it. I'm a pastor, and that's what I do. Um, I'm not a handyman at all. I'm not the least handy guy you have ever met. I can't fix anything, right? Um, But I don't have to. But so often, moms don't get that luxury. Mothers do a million different things because they are given the role of caring uh, for young, growing children and for helping them in whatever way possible, and that continues for all of their life. Mothers are modern-day miracles because even as our society becomes more specialized and developed, a mom will always be your child's expert in tying shoes or safety or education or health or all the different realities of life. Number four, uh, mothers give us confidence in an uncertain world. Uh, the verse that intrigues me the most in all of this is actually the first verse that we read, verse 25, when the author says, Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. I love that phrase. Moms are the bravest of us all. He's explaining how moms look at the future and they they laugh. There's maybe a lot of scary things that could be in the future. um, But moms have a confidence um, in the Lord and also in their love for their kids that they know that they will do everything for them possible. They will have the best possible chance in this life. I love this verse because it's the perspective of the author towards his, th- this wonderful uh, mother. But what I wanna say about this one specifically is I would imagine that he knew this, this woman still had fears. And so maybe you're here and you're like, I'm a mom, but I'm kind of anxious if I'm honest. Like, I don't want you to feel bad about this because that's actually the way that we wanna honor you because moms like everybody else, they have fears, they have worries, they have concerns. But when it comes to their children, they give a sense of confidence. They give a sense of security. How wonderful and meaningful is it that moms can be racked with all their own issues, all their own struggles, and all their own fears, and still hold their children and say, everything is going to be okay. That's a beautiful thing, and it's worthy of honoring. Mothers give us confidence in an uncertain world. And what's interesting, too, is that statistics show that in the church today, roughly 60% of people that attend church are women. And though this is an indictment, yes, on men, it's also a way that we honor our mothers because of their faith. That mothers, one of the ways they're able to be confident about the future is that they take their faith in Jesus seriously. They're devoted to it. They, uh, they develop it. And there are many women, like many people, even many men here today are are a part of the faith, have the great hope of Jesus because there was some woman along the line who pursued Jesus, pursued the church, took the family to church, maybe even if the guy wasn't as into it. They laugh at the time to come. They think of the big picture. And we're so grateful for this. And the fifth and final one today is that mothers have endless love for often unlovable kids. Can I get an amen for that one? I'll tell you a funny story real quick. I, um, when I graduated college, I, um, I moved back to the area here. I went away for college. I moved back, and I was doing an internship at a church in the Montrose area, and I needed a job, and so I became for a year. This is like a fun fact. I was the after-school program director at Garden Oaks Elementary here in the neighborhood. It was like a partnership with Garden Oaks Elementary and the YMCA. So I was basically like the principal of the after-school program at this school. And what's funny about that is like, I, I always say like, I, I didn't grow up around like a lot of kids per se. And, um, you know, un- unfortunately also when you're a guy, you're, you're not as often like considered like serving kids ministry. And I'd also done like a lot of like music stuff growing up, so that just wasn't the way that I would serve. And so like I realized at like 23 or 24 years old, when I'm like this after-school program director, I show up the first day and I realize like, oh my gosh, I know nothing about kids. What am I doing here? You know? And it's a bunch of like like needy, whiny, tired, hungry five and ten-year-olds after school in a cafeteria with me and a bunch of staff that don't want to be there, you know. And somehow we got to keep them all alive and make this at least a decent experience because our parents are paying for this. There's like some kind of like sense to like perform or make it good. And so I realized I was like a little bit in over my head, but over time I got to know the kids and and it was kind of cool. And what's amazing was being with these kids five days a week after school, day after day after day, uh, I got to know a lot of these kids. And I could lie to you and I could tell you that these kids were amazing, but I'll be real with you. Some of these kids were like, not good kids. I'm sorry, they just weren't, you know? And if I'm honest, like I'll be real, and I'm making a point, it's gonna sound harsh, but I'm making a point here. I was like, man, some of these kids, I'm thinking like, man, like how could anybody ever love you? Okay, I was like, man, I don't know. Like I have no idea how you could ever love you, right? And I don't really mean that, right? But the point I wanna make is, but, but here, here, here's, here's the crazy thing. I don't care how good the kid was how bad the kid was when the mom showed up to pick up that kid it made no difference how much she loved that kid and how much that kid loved her that's amazing and so like you know maybe you're here today and listen all kids are different who knows they're all on the spectrum of like obedient or not obedient whatever But whatever our kids are like no matter how obedient they are or they aren't what is amazing is a mom's love for them does not change and there's nothing else like that in all the world you don't get that in your workplace you don't even get that in in your friend group you don't get that in culture you don't get that in politics a mom's love is unlike anything else and what's amazing is in isaiah 49 verse 15 there's this verse um, where god is speaking to israel And he says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. And what's amazing is in this moment, God is showing how much he loves his people. He's saying, I I love you and I will not forget you no matter how far you wander from me. But what's so cool is he actually uses mom as the greatest earthly example for somebody who loves their kids and, and will never forget them. When God is looking across the world, looking for an analogy to show how even he loves more, what he picks is a mother. It is the greatest love in the world. It is the greatest love imaginable. Mothers are miracles because unlike just about everyone else, we will meet in our lives. Their love for us is not based upon what we do, but simply the fact that God gave us to them. And so as we draw to a close today, I want to finish with just one more passage uh, from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And as I read this, I need to explain this to you because a lot of people really uh, don't understand this passage. They misunderstand it. It's a, a passage of Jesus and two different women But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, as we finish today, I want to explain this passage because people usually get this passage wrong. Let me tell you what this passage is not saying. This passage is not saying that it's bad to work hard or to serve. Because it's clear in the Bible, and even in mother, that God calls us to work and to serve and to do a lot of things. You have to read all of the Bible in the context of all of the Bible. The Bible does not contradict itself. And so if we think it does, we're missing something. So so this is not Jesus saying the one serving is doing a lot, it it needs to, you know, do less. And the one just kind of chilling out over here at his feet is the the better one, right? Because Jesus literally says in the same book that uh, greatness is service, that the greatest among you will be the greatest servants of all. So he's not saying it's bad to serve. He's also not saying that it's good to be lazy and chill and to do no work. Like Mary is not just this lazy person who's not helping out and not working. Jesus is not here honoring the person in the group project who does nothing, you know, and honoring the, you know, and, and condemning the person that does all the work. That's not what's happening in this passage. What Jesus is actually doing in this passage is he's making a radical statement of value that would have been scandalous in his day. Because you have to understand, this was written 2,000 years ago. This took place 2,000 years ago. And in the ancient world, women were not valued for who they were. They were not valued for their motherhood. They were not valued um, for their, their womanhood. Women in that ancient time were seen as servants. It's not right, but that's the way that it was. Their value was in how much they served men or their children or the world, or the culture at large. And so in this moment, Martha understands that. Martha gets it. She's like, I'm a woman. And so, you know, my my value in this situation, my value in this group, my value to you, Jesus, is how well I serve you. And so based on her understanding, she's trying to do her best. Because she's like, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what women do. We just serve and we take care of her. That's what we do. And so Martha has that mindset. So she sees Mary just sitting at Jesus' feet, enjoying his teaching, wanting to know him more, caring about her own soul. And she thinks that she is missing it. But in this moment, what Jesus does is he is making a statement of value to these women by saying that, Martha, I value not just all that you do, I value you. I value your soul. I value who you are. I I, I thank you for serving. Serving's a great thing, but but I value you. You can sit at my feet and you can learn. You see, culture today values a woman's body, but not a woman's soul. Or maybe even culture values what women can, can do, but not who they are. And there's two major ditches that we can fall into in the world today. One is like a chauvinism, a very male-driven sense that women are only valuable for their body or for their ability to make a man happy, chauvinism. But the other ditch is feminism. Feminism comes along and says, well, woman's valuable if she can do everything that a man can do. She can do a lot and she can lead, and that's all wonderful stuff. But Jesus is saying something radically different. Jesus is saying, you're valuable just because you're valuable. You don't have to work the job. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to make everybody happy. I love you for who you are. And all of the service that you do is in the gospel, not something that you do to gain my love for you, but as a response for my love for you. Amen. And so Jesus in this moment is giving a statement of value for the women and for the moms. And so here's what I want to close with today. Here's my word to the moms. We are thankful for what you do, but we love you for who you are. Because I think so often one of the greatest mistakes that we can make when it comes to women or to our moms is to say, mom, I love you because you do all these things for me. And that's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to honor moms. It's a good thing to value the things that they do. But we don't just want to use people We don't just want to say you are valuable because you do things for me. We want to say you are valuable because you are made in the image of God. And whether you are a man or whether you are a woman, you are loved and you are valued. That your worth, mom, your worth, your value, and your dignity comes from God's unconditional love for you. So you can be a stay-at-home mom, you can be a working mom, or you can be a woman that's not even a mom at all. And Jesus invites you to sit at his feet and receive his love and his goodness in in your life. And so moms, we want to honor you today. We want to thank you for what you do. And we want to let you know that as much as you love us, that God loves you.